You're listening to Between the Reads Blacktober series. We'll be sending chills down your spine throughout the month of October with creepy and sinister books written by black authors. Are you looking for a spooky read where black people are the villains? Want some horror where black people don't die first? Join us all month long because we've got some books for you. Check us out on Instagram at Between the Reads Podcast for even more chilling tales of horror written by black authors. And now, here's your haunted host, Audra Russell. Jane Nicole is a National Black Book Festival Award winner and author of two psychological horror novels, Blackwater Tales, The Unwanted, and Blackwater Tales, The Secret Keepers. She has also garnered awards for her screenplay, If I Die, from multiple film festivals, including the Shivers International Film Festival in Canada. Currently, she is working through the third installment of her Blackwater Tales series on a novel currently titled To the Moon and Back. In 2016, she launched the only novel writing software founded and owned by a black woman, Simply Stylus, which you can find at www.simplystylus.com. And she teaches an online beginner writing course entitled Simply Writing, an aspiring author's guide to developing a solid writing process and finally writing their novel. She writes because she loves words. She writes because she loves stories. She writes because she has a story to tell. Jean Nicole, welcome to Between the Reads. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to talk to you. Sister, that book. (laughs) Which one? Which one? I read Black Water Tales, The Secret Keepers. Ah, yeah. My Lord. (laughs) So many twists and turns so let's just get right into it and I'm still because I just finished the book about an hour before the show okay (sighs) I'm still in shock I'm still in shock so tell our readers what your book is about so I actually developed the idea for this book from a dream And basically I saw these friends and, um, they were all, it was night and they were all kind of standing together and they were just nervous and they had done, um, something, uh, we didn't know who they were or what they had done or anything. And I just kind of went from there. Um, you know, this was just kind of the horror book that I wanted to read, um, and that I hadn't read yet. And I just decided to write it. I think secrets are some of the most terrifying things. And and when they come to light, all hell can break loose. Because let me tell you, I have not read a book in a while that literally had me, you know, gasping. And in some cases, just like not even really breathing, just kind of holding my breath, reading the pages, (laughs) trying to figure out. And I have to tell I have to hand it to you because I just knew that I knew who it was. <laughs> right? And the, oh my gosh. So it it's basically, it's these four girls. It's Lola, Regina, Nikki, and Natalie. And they were tight, tight, tight all yep. through high school. Yep. And then one day, Lola disappears. She's yep. gone. And then what is it, eight years later, they finally find her body? Correct. And so Regina, who had left town and, you know, became a nurse and never went back, 
comes home for this funeral that they're going to have. And that's where everything just starts to fall to pieces. I know. Isn't it always like that when you go home? You just. Oh, and it's so funny because I'm from a small, I'm very, I'm from a small town that's very much like Blackwater and Blackwater is lightly based on it. And, um, when you go home and you meet up with those old characters, uh, and cringe talking about all the things you used to do and the things that happen, um, you know, hometowns can be a very scary place sometimes. You're kind of forced to face yourself or, or who you were, which can be a scary thing. So the whole thing with Lola, you know, I don't like, I'm not, I, I, it's so hard for me to talk about this book because I don't want to give anything away. But the whole thing with Lola is that it's not what it seems. Right. And so there's this theme of digging that seems to run through this mm-hmm. book. You know, someone dug up Lola's body on this on this creepy old estate. And then Regina is kind of, you know, digging for the truth. Mm-hmm. So was that was that something that was on purpose or did was that just something that just kind of that theme that just developed while you were writing it? Usually my themes kind of develop when I'm writing them. Um I don't really try to develop them in the beginning because I think sometimes it can get a little bit forced. Um, so kind of mm-hmm. once I'm on the, you know, first good rewrite, I will kind of start to see those themes emerge on their own. And then I can kind of start to develop them a little bit more. So originally, no, that was not, but once it kind of developed, you know, I just kind of went with it. So now there was an explosion at Waterford that mm-hmm. seemed to be kind of this underlying reason for all of these crazy things that happened to because there was something horrible that happened to was it Nikki's mom I believe mm-hmm. yeah and then um Regina's mom had gone through this thing with mirrors yep and even their piano player the four girls had piano lessons with this piano player right who did some awful things Mm-hmm. Yeah, that had to be hard to write because that was a little hard for me to read. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to know what exactly was what was going on at that plant because people were paid to be quiet. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so there had to be something really sinister going on at that plant that it caused like people to actually change. Correct. So what was going on there? Come on. I need, I need some hints. <laughs> you know, there may be like more information forthcoming. So mm. you know, I, that's kind of the thing with this, the, with the Blackwater series. It's kind of like people are like, oh, well, can I read this one? I haven't read the first one. I'm like, yes, of course you can read it. All the novels are totally standalone. But it's okay. like when you're familiar with Blackwater, you start to pick up on, you know, little things from the different books. Even though the plots are different and the characters are different, you know, we may see some things that we saw before and get a few more answers um, than we had before. So, you know, we may have a little bit more information coming on that. But Blackwater is a place where lots of strange things happen. You know, as the, mm-hmm. as the tagline goes, everybody knows something, but no one knows everything. So as mm. my readers are some of those people that know a little something, but, you know, unless you start reading more, you don't quite know everything. I don't quite know everything, actually. It, it comes to me daily. <laughs> <laughs> so this one that I read, that's, 
I, even though they're standalone, that's the second one in the series? No, that's the first one. The second that's one the is first The Unwanted. One. Uh-huh. And then we have um, To the Moon and Back, which is coming um, winter, spring 2021. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So I can go and get the second one and see what's going on. Mm-hmm, with this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Cause I, you know, so, so you do expand on what happened at Waterford in the third one that's coming out? Not exactly. I don't necessarily expand on that in particular, but you may get uh, more details to kind of help you put the mysteries together. And, you know, you never, I, I never know. Cause I kind of go back and I reread things and, you know, start, adding new facts. I'm actually working on Blackwater Tales to the Moon and Back is an editing phase and I'm actually working on the next one. Um and I don't I don't have a title for it yet called well right now it's currently titled Lies in the No, Lies in the Water. Mm. So um you know, once I go back and I kind of reread the details, you know, I never kind of know what I might put in there. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to need you to put something in there because I need to know what happens at Waterford. I'm saying, I was like, what in the hell is going on at that plant? People left. People came back. Some people then left for good. They paid people to be quiet. You know, and then I'm like, and then they built it. The, am I right that they built the candy shop on top of this place? Yes, very nearby. Yep. So, I mean, what they selling candy that's making people go crazy? I mean... <laughs> You know, I I kind of <laughs> took that I kind of took that idea a little bit from even though it's not exactly the same thing happening, but you know, King is one of my favorites, and I want to say I don't know if you're familiar how familiar you are with Children of the Corn, but I want to say in the in the original film, it doesn't really explain what's happening. And then later, uh-huh. there's either a later film or a short story. I honestly, I can't remember what it is. But we find out that there's like mold on the corn. Uh-huh. Or it has all this mold. And that's what's causing, that is somehow what caused the kids to kind of do what they do. So, you know, uh-huh. I kind of, I, I thought that was interesting concept and while that's not exactly what's happening you know we're, we're kind of along those lines uh-huh yes yeah, so I need I need some expansion sis I need I need some clarification because that that might woo! be a good short actually because I write a lot of flash fiction so actually you know what I you know I, I might have to circle back to that yeah, because that could be like, you know, on Goodreads, you'll see like there's the one, book one, book two, and there's like book 0.5. Yeah, like a little know. bonus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I need that. I need that. Even if you just write it for me. Okay. I need it. You're giving me, you're giving me the inspirations here. <laughs> Don't get my brain I'm clicking. just saying, I need to know what's going on. That's some deep shit. That, I mean, they're sitting there and I'm like... <laughs> Really? Like her mama's going around smashing mirrors. Yeah. You know, and and I love the way that in this book, this book should really win some awards. <laughs> and I need to see it as a movie. Because I love the way you kind of just give these little pieces, you drip these things throughout the book. Mm-hmm. And you and like the first time you mentioned with her mother with the mirrors, so she was like, I said I was sorry. I can you forgive me? I'm like, what the hell happened with the mirrors? Right. And then, you know, like, you don't say anything else about it for, like, chapters and chapters. I'm like, wait a minute. I need to know what happened with the mirrors. Right? You, you know, and then. In there. I like to keep I, y'all a little bit hanging. Just a little bit. Oh, you, a little bit, sis. <laughs> for real. And then with her mom, 
And what happened with her mom, like, sister girl was just going out in the in the car with them to go to church, and then she goes in, and then I'm just like, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the way that all comes together, mm-hmm. like I said, with Waterford, I was like, wow. Yeah. That was really, I mean, I know you said this came from a dream, but it, where did that Waterford piece come from? You know, it's so, it's so <laughs> odd because it, it's really hard to say kind of how I develop these ideas because usually they start out as one thing and honestly, they just end up as something totally different. And I'm actually working from home now, but I used to commute and I live in Texas. So, you know, that's kind of a thing. And it's like uh-huh. I work in our home and I will literally be thinking about plot characters, you know, for hours on my commute there and my commute back. And I'm just kind of developing, developing, developing um, in my new book. It, it's when I think about how it started, what it was about, it's just so totally different now. So, you know, I started with that little bit of the dream and then it just kept, it just, kept building and building and and you know you know how it is it's kind of like okay you try something and it's like uh that's not working so then you got to change it and then you got to bring in this element and then you got to change it and you got to bring in that element you know what i'm saying and so it just gets you know it gets bigger and bigger until you're like okay i might have a novel here yeah yeah and that, that's, that's what hap- that's what usually happens sis i take my hat off to you because like <laughs> i said you. you were just dropping all these little things and you tied it all to kind of kind of together at the end but even then you still didn't tie it all together completely like mm-hmm. i thought you like you you would reveal like one thing at a time mm-hmm. and then <sighs> i really wanted baron and regina to have like a love thing does that, that ever happen kill. like sweet home alabama do you really ever <laughs> Oh, come on. Get back with that high school sweetheart. She did in Sweet Home Alabama. How you going to mention that? That's not a good example. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't watch comedies. I I did watch that one, actually, but I guess I just got it mixed up. Um, Okay, because she dumps the rich boyfriend, right? The the younger son Mm -hmm. or something or another. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's why that's fiction. That doesn't happen. fiction come on now i needed them i thought he was gonna be like her knight is shining on well you know black water for real you gotta be wary like i mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah okay so there are definitely a lot of secrets going on in this book and i mean a lot of secrets it seems like everyone in the town is one person in public but they all seem to have these mm-hmm. deep dark secrets they're almost like a whole nother person in private so it tell me a little bit more why you wrote all the characters like this because even the ones that we think are just really great they all have secrets you know actually okay so when I was thinking about writing this series that's that's kind of that that was actually what I was going for and the secret keepers, mm-hmm. it doesn't just refer to the people in this book. As the opening book in this series, it, it refers to everyone um, in that town. And to me, that's just kind of a reflection on, you know, all of us as, as humans anyway. You know, we all have secrets. Some, of course, a lot more heinous than the others. Uh, but we all have secrets. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, you you drive through a neighborhood, a nice neighborhood, and you look at those gorgeous houses. And I don't know about you, but I always wonder what is going on inside of there. Like, there's no way, mm-hmm. you know, 
these houses can mm-hmm. be as great as they look on the outside. And to me, that's terrifying. Um, and that's one of the things right. I always think about before I write a book, like, you know, what is, what is terrifying to me right now? Um, and I guess when I started, when I started the series and when I started writing that book, um, coupled with the dream that I had, um, I, I just thought how scary secrets are and what people go through to protect them. Um, and, and what it's like when some of those secrets come to light. Um, and that's what I find scary and hope that my readers find scary too. Hell yeah. I found it scary. It was like, wow. Okay. I mean, at one point my daughter came up to me from behind and she, and she knew I was reading because I had told her I was reading. She was like, is it creepy? I was like, yeah, because, you know, it's October, so it's Blacktober. It's creepy. And she's like, oh, okay. So she just kept coming up behind me, sneaking up. And when I get, when I read, I'm in my world. Like, I hear nothing around me. So she comes up behind me and she puts her hand on my shoulder and just goes, boo. And I'm like, jumping out of my skin, book goes flying. You know, just like, please don't do that. Right? By the way, please I'm loving your Blacktober series. I'm like diving into each one like okay let me go to amazon checking this out (laughs) checking that out podcast click i'm all over it right that one i i i have to listen i listened to one show and i was like wow okay (laughs) yeah definitely not listening to this tonight though not without the no 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 i mean because your book every time there was a hand coming out of somewhere And Lola was coming out of somewhere, and that damn doll. That who has a doll that says prayers? Who? Who? You know, I honestly, that is based. It's so funny. I take, I take, you know, I take bits and pieces from real life, and that actually happened to me. My sister had one, and it was, mm-hmm. um, it was like I can't remember exactly, but I think it's kind of like a little statue and a little girl, and she has like a little book in front of her. And I was home mm-hmm. alone. This was when I was in high school, and all of a sudden, I just like hear these children praying, and I'm like, what? the f is that and i'm like i know that i'm home alone and it's like it's so funny because people are always like oh you can't write black people in horror stories because we're not gonna go looking but i mean what other choice do you have when you're right. home alone and you hear somebody talking so i'm like creeping right. through and i go in my sister's room and it's this this freaky little doll saying prayers and i'm like okay Mm-hmm. We need to get rid that of that thing. Yeah, that thing would have been in the fireplace, <laughs> going in the garbage. Uh, 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 that thing would have been gone. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. My daughter had a dog that had these batteries in it, and you would turn it on, and it would like crawl forward and go yip 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 <laughs> yip. One day, she was like, she brought it downstairs. She was like, I don't like this dog anymore. I said, Why? She was like. I just don't like it. I don't think she wanted to tell me. So I was like, okay. I took the batteries out of it, you know, because the batteries were still good. Right. I put that damn thing down on the floor, and it went yip, 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 and started moving towards me with no – I was like, Uh -uh. oh. (laughs) Ask me if I didn't take that dog and drive it to the dump. And then it appears on your doorstep the next day. Oh, hell I was looking, too. I was waiting. I was like, what? Um, you know, I got up in the morning, was making sure, because I went right to the landfill, and the guy was like, what are you bringing in today? I was like, a toy dog. And he was like, that's it? I was like, yup. And he was like, you could have just put that in the trash. I was like, nah, bruh, because this thing, I took the batteries out, and the thing moved and started barking. And he just cracked up laughing. I was like, I'm serious. I 
to the dump it's going right make sure it stays here right i was like you he was like well i might take out like you take it all you want to the damn demonic dog it's not staying in my house though exactly i don't blame you yeah but you you at the roots that look you know were fingers first and then they realize they're just roots and then when she's digging in the flower bed for her keys <laughs> And it's raining, and the and the fingers came up there, and you know I was just like, this is just, I mean, my heart was thumping like I was, I could see it vividly. Your descriptions were beautiful because I could see the, I could Thank feel you. the rain coming down, just the, you know, the the sheets and sheets of rain, and just, mm-hmm. mm, and that the 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 Frank Castle, whatever the hell that was, the mansion. Mm-hmm. 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 And I, you know, I meant to ask that. Why them parents sent them babies to piano lessons without one of them being there? Black parents should know better than to do something like I, my my parents stayed when I had piano lessons. My my mama or my daddy stayed right there with me. You know, that's another scary <laughs> thing. You know, we. We want to trust people. And especially when you're in a mm. small town, like you just want to be able to trust people. It's it's so hard to not be able to trust people with your children because it's like, I think about when I was a kid and, you know, I went to sleepovers and I just had some of the best times of my life at sleepovers. Mm-hmm. Would I send my child to mm-hmm. a sleepover? No, never. And I, and I feel terrible mm-hmm. about that because, mm-hmm. you know, I want her to be able to do those things. And I think, you know, we just, we want to be able to trust and we want to be able to do that, but you know, we can't. And, and in, in this story, you know, they made some mistakes for sure when it comes to trusting yeah. people in general. Yeah. Yeah. I was not that parent. I, my daughter only had sleepovers with one friend of hers and that was after I got to know her parents for a year mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, and even then, my daughter had, I gave her my cell phone because mm-hmm. she was too young for a cell phone. And I was like, you call me on the house line. And if anybody tries to touch you, anything, you call me immediately. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and I was a nervous wreck the first time, you know? And that's, that sucks. It, that it, it, it does. I mean, yeah, you know, and it, and I mean, my kids were able to have some of the, the freedoms that I had because when they got older, they were on their bikes. They were able to go out and ride around the neighborhood. But again, my daughter had my cell phone and I was like, just check in with me every once in a while. Even that's scary. You honestly. know, but they didn't. Ha- it is. Scary. It Do is. You let your they- kid go and ride their bike. Yeah. I mean, I was like, you know, on pins and needles. And I was like, my God, it's so different from when we were kids because, you know, I grew up in the 70s yeah. and 80s. I mean, we just would get on our bikes. Oh, yeah in the summertime and disappear and couldn't my mom and dad would be like, be back home for dinner. And that was it. That's how you knew where everybody you know? was, wherever all the bikes were. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You could drive through the neighborhoods and you'd see the bikes and be like, okay, everybody's there, you know? So, but you can't do that nowadays. No, nope, you can't. You yeah. just never know. And that's another thing I'm going to yell at you about. <laughs> Why didn't you let her tell her parents what he did? I know she said that they suffered enough, but no, they needed to know that. You know, that's that's part of her secrets and part of her suffering. I mean, and we keep keeping secrets is like such an illogical thing to do. Right? Like Yes. It, suffering is is so much e- 
I don't want to say suffering is so much easier when it's shared, but kind of, you know, the burden is lifted, but we don't know that. Like we don't feel that way in the moment. And that's why, you know, these secrets are so heavy and they're heavy on everyone, even when you don't tell people, because they kind of have that burden when it manifests itself in other ways within you. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so that was part of the burden that she was carrying. I'm just trying to figure out, because you know, this is me. I overthink everything. I'm trying to figure out after what happened, how did they go home, those little girls, and not exhibit that something was, because if I had gone through that, please believe, my parents would have known immediately that something was wrong. Right. Because of the type of, I was such like a scaredy cat child. Like, Mm -hmm. so it would have been immediately obvious that something happened. But like, it seemed like nothing at least outwardly, nothing was wrong. Like they had, you know, great high school experiences and everything up until Lola disappeared. Mm-hmm. And they had each other, you know, it yeah. wasn't like they were alone. They had each other. And that's one of the reasons why they were so ridiculously close. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they needed that closest with one another. That's what kept them sane. But ultimately it ended up manifesting itself in, you know, the worst possible way. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like that stayed under wraps forever and kept everything perfect. It was only a matter of time. Right. Right. Exactly. And it, and you know, just the things that I'm, I'm thinking about the way that Regina was, you know, where she's a nurse and she just scrubs her body incessantly. Mm -hmm. Now my mother was a nurse. You know, she's retired now, but she was a nurse. So there is an element to that. Nurses do do that, but not to the extent that she did. So I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. so that's how it's manifesting for her. Mm -hmm. And then with Nikki, it manifests because she's, you know, a, like, horrible alcoholic. Yeah. With Natalie, she's just completely dark. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, it, I mean, it was there. It, it was always, right. it was always there. And had they not had one another, I, I don't know that they would have made it that long. Right. Yeah. That's cr- And then Baron and Carter. <laughs> <sighs> I'm so disappointed. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed. <laughs> That's all I can say. Y'all have to go read the book. That's all I can say. <laughs> Like, damn. I, mean, I was like, oh, hell no. Really? Down for the Don't... cause, man. <sighs> Just going to move on because I don't even know what to say about that. Uh. So <laughs> what made you get into the writing horror, sister? Um, it's all I've ever written, really. Um, that's Was all there I... something that sparked you to, to start writing it? I mean, Not necessarily. I mean... You know, my family, they like all kinds of movies, but of course, you know, my aunt and my mom always wanted to creep me out with horror movies, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, (laughs) let's watch Child's Play, especially my aunt, she's always trying to scare me. Um, And it's just like, I just got into it. And it's literally pretty much the only thing I watch, the only thing I read, the only thing I listen to. Like occasionally I may watch a a movie outside of my genre, but that, Uh it just, it, it gives me that adrenaline pump. You know, I, I was listening to a, um, was it a webinar? I can't remember what it was. I think it was a webinar with mm-hmm. uh, Tanana Reeve Du, and she said horror is healing. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, if those are, are her words exactly or if she pulled them from somewhere else. But I was just like, mm. wow, you know, yeah. that that just really resonated with me um, because, you know, we all have those more savory, uh, more unsavory um, emotions and that darker side. And it doesn't mean that we're bad people or we want to go out and kill people. Uh, It just means that we're dimensional. um, Mm -hmm. And and so we have our highs and our lows. And I just think that horror is an outlet. It's it's a productive Mm -hmm. outlet for some of those um, more unsavory emotions and it's healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's healthy to allow yourself that expression in Mm -hmm. a productive way. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, it's what grinds my gears. So mm-hmm. doing it. have you seen her, the documentary Black Horror Noir with her? I have. It was amazing. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? And I and bought the book that the other woman that I can't remember her name right now off the top of my head, but that mm. the book that the documentary was based off of, it's called okay. Black Horror Noir. Yes. So. Yeah. I need to get, I need to get that book too, but I, I thought it was, it was, awesome and I of course went back and watched like a million of those horror movies that I had (laughs) never even heard of before Ganja and Hess and I watched at least like three or four that were from this the 70s which I Mm -hmm. had never even heard of Mm -hmm. um, until that documentary and the Mm -hmm. way they just kind of broke everything down I was just having all these aha moments and I was just Mm -hmm. like man this is awesome Mm-hmm. And, you know, to circle back to that point you said where where horror is healing, it's so funny because when I started, you know, um, doing the research for different black horror authors and I was asking around and asking people if they knew of any people were just like looking at me at, like I had two heads on like <laughs> this you I mean, you demon possessed. I mean, you know, you go you're going to go to hell for this. I'm like, really, it's not that deep, you know. Right. And so I ended up writing a blog post about it the other day. And it was it's entitled um, Horror. Uh, horror novels we belong in this space too and mm-hmm. really it's because when you think about it if anything black people should be we should be way more prevalent in the horror genre than we are in my opinion right because the life that we live in these united states of america i can't think of anything that's more horrifying than that when you don't know if an encounter with the police is going to end up with you dead or severely beaten, you know, when you don't know if you're going to click on the TV and okay, it's another black man, you know, that's been killed. Another sister that's been killed, you know, I mean, or, or some white woman that decides she wants to call the police because, you know, she feels uncomfortable because we're in her space. Right. So to me, I feel like horror is just, it's a natural byproduct for us because we control the narrative and we control the outcome, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and we can make it as horrible as we want. Yep. But it's of our doing. Yep. So we're kind of taking a little piece of control that we really don't have out there in the real world. I could not agree with you That's- more. I mean, I, I get, I, I, you know, I kind of understand why it seems as if we don't have, um, a ton of black readers in the genre because I mean I get it because it's kind of like a double-edged mm-hmm. sword it's kind of like we do have to deal mm-hmm. with all that so the last thing that you know I want to do is is go and read a horror story right um, but I think that perhaps it's cathartic it's very cathartic and I think that a lot more readers would find it cathartic but they're just not, they're not ready. They're not in an emotional space mm-hmm. where they're 
ready to try that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and I think some of them are scared of the judgment yeah. too, because like I said, you know, we, we, we Christians to a fault and you know, no Christians don't right. do that. You know, we don't read that. We don't open ourselves up to them. Like you're not, it's, it's just a book. It's the same as if you read romance or suspense or it's the same and it's funny people are always like how can you read that stuff you know i fall asleep to to zombie movies and people are like how can you read that how can you do that and i'm like literally because i don't believe in any of this you know i don't believe in demons i don't believe in zombies so i can fall asleep to people screaming Mm -hmm. and running away from zombies and i'm gonna sleep just fine so you know it's actually the opposite because i i don't believe in any of that uh, I'm mm-hmm. able to enjoy the moment, enjoy the adrenaline pump of, you know, the words and the images if I'm watching something. And when it's over, it's over, mm-hmm. you know? So. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I could do that with a book, <laughs> but I can't do that. I can't mess around with the movies right before I go to bed because then that shit ends up in my dreams. And then I'm like waking my husband up screaming and like holding him. But like, that's where you get your ideas. That's where you're going to get your good ideas. Girl, <laughs> like Lovecraft Country, this last episode. Do I need to go back and watch it? I, I haven't know. been on top of it because I'm not a creature feature type of girl, but I, I have seen the highlights from this last episode that look pretty interesting. Do I need to go back and check that out? Okay. Them <laughs> damn twin girl clowns <laughs> with their creepy faces and doing these weird dances and they would come towards her. And I was just like, I mean, it was, it was a very, um, it was a very interesting episode because the little girl in this one, it starts off with them outside of this church that's packed with a line of people going in to see a body. And it turns out it's Emmett Till. Oh, okay. And the little girl was his best friend, which I thought was a very interesting twist. And so she, they're all standing outside. Like they never went into the church, but they were standing outside. And the little girl says, what is that smell? And then they, um, you know, they explained to her, they're like, well, it's one of the hottest days of the year and they couldn't embalm him. And they're trying to break it gently to her. She was like, that smell is him. Right. And she runs off. And then these two cops grab her and do something to her. And it causes her to have these visions of these two little black girl picking any clowns with like the little twisty braids with the little red bows and they're like, she only she can see them because of what the cops did to her. They put like this spell on her. Them damn things. When I tell you I watched that right before bed, I was like, oh, hell no. My husband's like, all right, it's time to go to bed. I was like, no, no, nope. I need to watch an episode of Girlfriends <laughs> or <laughs> I need to watch Sleepless in Seattle. No, I needed something, but I was just like, I if I go to sleep, them damn things is going to come to me in my dreams, and I'm going to be waking you up in the middle of the night. So I need to watch 10 minutes of something. And then I was telling myself as I was going to sleep, I was like, we're happy. I'm in a happy place. <laughs> okay, so I need I to go deal with check it, it out. I'm, I'm getting, now you got me wanting to see it. Maybe I'll watch I'm it before te- bed tonight. The way those little girls dance. When the first time she saw them, when they came up the stairs backwards from the subway, and then the one appeared out from behind, like I literally screamed out loud. I was like, "Oh, what is that?" Oh my! God. And my husband was like, "There's zombie pickaninnies." I was like, "Shut up! Oh, <laughs> Do not give me zombie." Yeah, they. I, and I mean, yeah, no. You go, just go watch that. 
Since it don't matter, it, it doesn't mess with you. You could watch it before bed. You'll be good. You might get another story idea. Hey, I need it. <laughs> I, I'm always looking. I love when I have a good nightmare. And I wake up you trying to remember, and I'm just like, ah, what happened Who to says that? <laughs> I love when I have a good nightmare. Who says that? It's true. It's true. It's this. Really? Yes. So a plethora of deep ideas in that head, man. That is so funny. Okay. I That's, uh, that's funny. I might have to make that the sound bite as the... T- <laughs> I love when I have a good nightmare. Okay, sis. All right, we good. <laughs> so what do you feel is the biggest challenge you face as a black author in the horror genre? Uh the biggest. Hmm. Or most hmm, significant. Hmm, hmm. You know, there's a few. Uh one of them, like we've already kind of discussed, is is mm-hmm. readers. Um, you know, horror is, is classic, but it is kind of the redheaded stepchild of Mm -hmm. genres. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of people who just don't read horror. Um, doesn't affect what I do because that's all I have to write. So I'm, I'm going to keep writing horror Mm -hmm. regardless. Um, with this new novel, um, I was thinking about going traditionally published, and I've, you know, put together my query package and I'm still querying right now, even though I am preparing to self-publish it. I was going to um, say, don't you dare make me you... wait that long. <laughs> At the end of the day, this train is pulling out. Okay. One way or the other, okay. okay. <laughs> and so as you probably know, the, the, the industry is about 85% white women, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I've gotten if if and I and I know I know it takes lots and lots and lots of queries um and I know you're going to get a lot of rejections regardless. Right. But when I get rejections that say I don't quite understand the voice and my 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 new book is an own voices psychological horror novel about mm-hmm. uh, black mothers and some of the unique horrors um that are centered in black motherhood. Right. And just the thought of my story being written by me a black woman for other black women and having white women gatekeep that story just mm-hmm. it just blows me. It blew it, it it just it just really blew me. And I'm just like, you know, I know that traditional publishing is the way. It's the way to fame mm-hmm. and fortune and all of that, but I kind of feel like I'm selling my soul a little bit. Yeah. Um, Don't so, do it, sis. Don't do it. You know, I'm yeah, I'm just kinda like, is it worth it? I mean, even Mm-mm. if I you know, and so that's kind of one of the big obstacles that I'm facing right now is mm-hmm. really trying to decide if if I really want to produce if I want to pursue traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is the way to major distribution and really getting my story out to other women, but if I have to 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 do all these mental gymnastics to make the voice understood, is it worth it? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of one of the things I'm I'm looking at and dealing with right now. Yeah. And see, that's so funny that they'll say, because when I, the reason why I ended up deciding to self-publish my book was because when I was on the query aspect, I had um, an agent who was very interested in the story because I had sent her the query letter. Oh, let me, I want to, I want to read this manuscript immediately. I sent it to her. She read it <laughs> and she gets back to me in like a week and she says, it's not realistic that a black family would have the means or the desire hmm. to uh, buy a former plantation. Wow. 
And I said, I was so angry that I like deleted the email and then deleted my trash. I immediately regretted it because I should have kept it. You know, but I was just like the audacity, first of all, to tell me that black people don't have the means to do something. That's first off. Everybody ain't poor. Right. Okay. And that, you know, that it's not, it's always, it's not realistic. Okay. But Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, (laughs) Harry Potter, that is. Right. You have no problem suspending your disbelief for that. Right. But you can't understand my voice in this. You don't think that a black couple having a chance to own a former plantation and have a little piece of that 40 acres and a mule that the government promised us and never gave us, you don't think that's realistic? Right. And so my question is, is if, if they say they don't understand the voice, like, I'm thinking, are you supposed to? Right. I mean, I, it's not for I'm you. I'm confused. <laughs> I, I'm literally, I'm just so confused and conflicted. So I get you on that. That makes no sense. Right. Yeah. None. None, none whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the other book, Blackwater Tales, The Unwanted. So basically in that book, um, the main character, Blair Baker, she is a recent graduate and she is doing kind of a, um, a volunteer program, kind of a Peace Corps kind of thing um, at a small orphanage in a uh, desolate town in Eastern Europe. Um, And when she gets there, she notices that, you know, the children, the the place is dilapidated. The children are, appear to be uncared for. And, you know, the workers are a bit callous. And as she digs more into um, the tragedy that happened there so many years ago, um, it ultimately puts her in danger of uh, becoming a victim as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, are there any ties in it to the um, Blackwater Tales, The Secret Keepers? So, she herself is from Blackwater. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure that there is, but I cannot remember specifically. Okay. Because they're always small. They're always very small details so that the novel stands alone. Uh, Okay. But I'm almost positive that there are. Okay. And then what about the third book in the series? What is that one about? Um, So this book is called To the Moon and Back. And it Mm -hmm. is about a mother who is uh, pregnant with her third child and decides to return her family, her husband and her two daughters and her pregnant self um, to the home where her family was murdered 23 years ago by the Sandman. Why? Who has, um, you know, and I I don't know if you used to hear stories about the Sandman, but my grandma used to always tell me stories about the Sandman and how he comes and, you know, sprinkles magical sand in your eyes to help you sleep. But, you know, in Blackwater, he's taken on a more, a, a more, he's a more sinister creature with razor sharp sand. Um, and she goes there to reclaim her home and her memories from old ghosts. But you know how that usually goes. Why? Why? <laughs> old ghosts usually don't want to let you go as much as you want to let them go. Why? Oh, <laughs> that's all. I'm not going to go back. No. See? Mm-mm, okay but i need to now i need to read that and when it do you have like an a uh, rough estimate of when that one is coming out it's going to be winter or spring uh 2021 so we are finishing up edits right now okay 
goodness. That's so cute. <laughs> I love uh, it. You know, this whole working from home thing is it's a bit of a mess. It's a bit of a mess. That's all right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Cute. I have hair here too. <laughs> oh man! So you said it's the edits, and so you said this winter. So winter twenty twenty one, meaning like January, February yes, coming yes, up. Correct. Okay. 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 Cool. Okay, that's good. That's good. So if you could give one piece of writing advice to aspiring black authors who want to get into the horror genre, what would it be? My goodness. Well, keep writing is the first thing, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. It's all about having product. It's all about having a backlist. Um, And you have to write to be able to do that. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it's just stay, stay in tune. Be ready. Be, be ready for the business side as much as you are for the writing side. Cause that's kind of one of the things I right. felt like I was not ready for once I typed the exactly. my first book. I was like, what, huh? What? <laughs> Click through ready? What, the, what, what is that? So, you know, just right. be ready, be prepared, <laughs> write as much as you can, but also get that, get that education on the business side because you're going to need mm-hmm. it if you actually want to sell books. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're going to be self-published because you are all hats. So you have to be Girl. able, writing is the it easy is. part when you self-publish. It really is. That's the easy part. Mm-hmm. There's just so much mm-hmm. you don't know. Right. You're exactly. like, I'm going to write a book exactly. and people are just going to find it organically on Amazon <laughs> and I'm going to have a second stream of income and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> not going to work like that. <laughs> It's work for real. It's for real, for real. So where can readers find your books? So you can find my books on Amazon.com most easily. Um, The Secret Keepers is a little bit more widely available. Uh, You should be able to find that also in Barnes & Noble online and a few other places. But definitely on Amazon. Click those links and you'll be able to get your ebook. Actually, um, the ebook is going to be free today um the day that we're recording and the day that and mm-hmm. and the day that um this will air so you'll actually okay. be able to go to amazon.com and get the new novel not the one we discussed today um okay not the new oh. my latest novel blackwater tales the unwanted so right. go and download that mm. mm-hmm. i'm going to head right <laughs> on i can't really get that <laughs> yes although i need to buy because i have the paperback of of the first one so i and i like turning the pages physically so i might have to get the paperback of that one yeah i'm actually a new a new kid i was i was i was paperback too and i read like one or two books on kindle during quarantine and i'm like oh my god i'm never going back i love it i love it Well, Kindle for me was because I started this podcast in January and I was buying books and buying books and buying books and um, my piles were getting bigger and bigger and our house is only like 1,300 square feet. My husband's like, <laughs> so. Because the books are me. 
<laughs> he was like, maybe an e-reader is in your future. And I was like, yeah, I think I might need to do that. So now I have my Kindle too. And I enjoy it. But, you know, I really, I like the feel yeah. of the book. I like to smell the pages. I like, you know, I'm that person that smells Oh, yeah. Books. Yes, I am. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So, and plus I can just like slam the book closed when something happens. And I'm just like, <laughs> wait a minute. I need to put my bookmark in here and close for Give a second because I need to process this. Because mm-hmm. I was had a lot of those with your book. I was like, wait a minute, I need a second. And, you know, especially when Lola would show her ass up, I was like, oh, my God, here she comes. Let me just get ready for this real quick. Right? <laughs> yes, I love it. Those are my favorite parts. And where can readers find you on social media? So on um Instagram, on Twitter, you can find me at G Nicole19, J-E-A-N-N-I-C-O-L-E. Um, and, and that's where I am most of the time. So if you want to chitter chat, okay. um, you can find me there for sure. Or on my website at www.gnicolerivers.com. Okay. So we have come to the end of our show, which I'm sure no. you're thankful for, so that you can <laughs> get to the to the addressing the little ones needs. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't remind me. <laughs> she could care less about the podcast. She's like, whatever podcast modcast, I need some help. <laughs> yeah, you should. I'm glad we are not recording because I was just like mouthing and pointing and just like. <laughs> go, go, sit down, sit down. <laughs> Giving her those mother stares like, don't you do it. <laughs> right. As you can see, it was it's not working. So. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing your time and talents with us today and for coming on the show. I'm so glad you were here. I truly, truly, truly enjoyed your book so very much. Good. Thank you so much. I'm glad we got to talk today. I really had fun. This was just like a conversation, just like yes. you promised. Yep, um, we should do this more often. Absolutely. Off, off air. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm with that. I'm definitely with that. Of course. Just let me know when and where. <laughs> oh, and booze and bros, I'm going to leave you with a quote from Jordan Peele, actor and director and writer of the films Get Out and Us. And he says, part of what horror is, is taking risks and going somewhere that people think you're not supposed to be able to go in the name of expressing real-life fears. Until next time, y'all, you know what to do. Grab a book and read. And I'm out. You've been listening to Between the Reads. I'm your host, Audra Russell. Thanks for tuning in. This week's episode was brought to you by loyal Patreon supporters, romance author D.L. White, whose books you can find at booksbydlwhite.com, Xanthine's All Natural Products, which you can find at xanthines.com, that's X A N. T-H-I-N-E-S dot com and by the ultimate in urban literature, Paper Chase Publications, which you can find at paperchasepublications.com. Tune in next week for another great episode.